Welcome to the CNL Podcast. Woo! <laughs> yes, yes. Hey guys, I'm Leighton. And I'm Chris. And today, we look at and answer the world's toughest interview questions. Let's get started. Welcome, Chris, to the world's toughest interview ever. How, how are you feeling? Uh, I got, uh, you know, the pit stains going. I'm sweating underneath my suit. Uh, yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now. You you didn't expect this podcast to be an interview, but little did you know, I've collected some of the world's toughest interview questions from companies like Google, from Reddit, not interview questions, just people's own tough interview questions. And if you have, have you ever had an interview question that's tough, let me know and I'll, you can ask me. But thank you. Your resume looks great. None of that matters because it really all depends on how you answer these questions. Are you ready? You know, I've said I'm ready as soon as I'm out of the womb, when I'm in the womb, and now I'm ready prior to being conceived, I guess. Let's do it. Okay, start the clock. <laughs> Let's do you it. Have, you have suddenly been shrunk down to the size of a quarter and dropped into a blender. It's turning on in five seconds. What's your plan? Oh, this was gosh. from Google. Okay. Well, Senior Vice President... Uh, Oh, five seconds have ended. You're dead. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm super small. I'm in this blender. I got five seconds before my head is chopped off. There's no way that I can climb, I think, unless I have spider, Spider-Man abilities. So Yeah, we're assuming it's a glass blender. Right. Um, very slippery. Yeah, very slippery. I, I wonder if there's anything inside. Um, so... Honestly, if there's nothing inside, I'm the only person. The only logical thing to do at this point is just to duck, right? Because so you're saying go underneath the blades. Yeah, go underneath the blade because if you were to go on top of the blade, if you manage to get up there within that amount of time, the top of the blade is still spinning. So, and it's going to spin fast. You're bound to fall off and boom, you're in, into a million pieces. So... You duck. Now, my question is to you. Yeah. That's a solid, that, that's a great answer. No complaints. <laughs> okay. But that's not, that's a short term solution because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep this blender going until you're dead, essentially. So, how this ducking is going to fix temporarily. How are you going to get out of the situation? Right. What would you do? Okay. You have clothes on. Keep in mind, you are you're not naked. You do have things on that you I don't know. Okay. Well, let's say I have a belt that's big enough to stop this blunder. Oh, okay. All right. So the ideal thing would be to jam the blade enough before it starts, right? You just like you try to tie it up or something? Yeah, you yeah, you you stick it in where the center of the blade is so that it it can no longer turn on its axis somehow and then <laughs> so that that'll stop the, the the action there for at least some point of time until your belt gives out but that'll give you enough time to use your clothes to make a rope out of it and then you throw oh. that over the edge of the 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 container and you climb out i didn't even think about that yeah so i mean listen you're hired <laughs> you're gonna get out of this blender naked but alive that's what matters and then you're shrunk you're you're no longer the size of a quarter. You're in a real life situation, and that blender 
was in a church and now you're getting some looks why why where's this naked man coming from there's just so many questions oh my gosh uh yeah but but, but that that would be my how i would do it i i think i think that is i think that's very safe i think it's smart hmm. but i have one i i came up with one that's a little bit more dangerous would you care to hear it but it could work and I would have my clothes on, and I, I'm I'm claiming, no, when would I have my clothes on? I would get out of the blender unharmed. Hmm. All right, all right. Let me hear it. Maybe I'll sound dumber than I actually am after your answer. <laughs> okay, so a fan mm-hmm. is essentially things that are rotating quickly. Yes. Now, I've never put my hand in a blender to, ah. near the blades, but I bet, since I'm small enough, if... I were to stand on the center of the blades, on the blades, right? And then at the five second mark, I jump. Ah, I bet I see. that the, the force of the blades would pick me up. Now, I don't know if it would pick me up to get me halfway up the blender. <laughs> right. Um, and then I hope they don't turn it off because then, I mean, proportionally, I'm like, I don't know, 50 feet up in the air if, my, if it was my normal height. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what I would do, and hopefully I would be able to kind of grab onto the edge or maybe it just flies me out and I just smash into the, the wall like a bug. <laughs> well, you know, I, I thought about that too, but because when you blend stuff in a blender, it automatically kind of rises a little bit, you know? That's true. But the, you're going so fast, I feel like I would just get knocked into the wall and then I'd be unconscious and then I'd split into pieces. <sighs> That's true. Yeah, I, I guess it would just probably knock you, knock you into the. Yeah, it, but it is glass. I mean, no glass still hurts. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Yeah, yeah. The, my only, my only other thing I would think of would just be do what you do is just tie it around. I would tie it tightly so that the blender would stop working, mm-hmm. and then I would just untie it and then use it as a rope to then yeah, climb out. Pull yourself out of the out of the rim. Exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, listen, that's a tough question, man. I mean, to think on the spot, that's uh, it's a good one. I, I would be crying if they asked me that question. Yeah, I also have another question for you. Here we go. Oh God. <laughs> question number two, sir. Are you ready? Your resume is fantastic, but will you answer this appropriately to get this job? Who Who knows? Your job depends on it. Okay. Here we go. Design. A spice rack for the blind. Wow, you did not hold back <laughs> at all. That yeah, that's so tough. Okay, so okay, I'm, I'm gonna try to think this through. You want to be VP of Google? You got to do tough stuff. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe that's you know at Google's you know facilities they just have a bunch of poorly designed spice racks and they're like what are these for? And they're like oh these are people who didn't make it. Exactly yeah. So let me hear what's what's going through your mind. What are you thinking? How are you going to design the spice rack that a blind person will never confuse salt with sugar ever again? So that's actually okay. So originally, my first thought was you have the spice rack, mm-hmm. but it's almost like a scratch and sniff. Ah, there's like a so it's like in seg- sections. Yeah. Um, and then you post it and then you scratch it and then um, you sniff it. But then it's like, oh, okay, 
coriander. I know what that smells like. But then I thought, I don't even know what those spices smell like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I rely heavily on the, the actual spice rack. So that wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing I thought of is it's similar to like that kind of, <laughs> it's similar to the kind of scratch and sniff, but rather than you're not really scratching or sniffing it, it's just a button. And you press the button and it says sugar. Oh, okay. And it tells you. Now, this is assuming that they know English. Right. Well, we'll, we'll so go ahead and assume that it's they speak English. Okay. Do do they know? Do they assume? Okay. Now, do they also? So it's English, right? But okay. So they understand English, right? Because I imagine it's difficult. I mean, you can learn Braille, but it might be difficult to correlate that to hearing English. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, so they they're just blind, but they, uh, they can hear completely. They can understand English well. Um, you know, they're they're just blind. <laughs> so another thing I was thinking about is having the spice rack in Braille. Mm, okay. But with so many spices, I feel like that's kind of difficult to determine. That's true. I did this. This question's kind of brought. Let's say we have we just want you to have a spice rack of. Eight spices. Okay, eight spices. Eight spices that a blind person needs to identify and they can understand English. There we go. That, I'm giving you a lot of help here. <laughs> okay, I figured it out. All right. It's, it's, not a, it's not a spice rack in the traditional sense where there's like jars of spice. It's um, it's almost like um, a bucket of spice. Each There's like a column, like a row of spice. It's like filled to the brim with a certain spice. You press the button mm-hmm. and you say, it says cinnamon, right? You press that button, yeah. it comes out, but it's it's the proper amount mm. that you need because how is a blind person going to know how much spice they need in the recipe? Oh, that's good too. You even thought it even a little further. So you, what you do is, okay, you read it, they read the menu or whatever you need and it says, okay, I need this, this, and this. Oh, well, and they're, then, they're reading it, but they're blind. Well, like it's. <laughs> well, let's assume it's in Braille, like the the ingredients, like the the um, recipe. Yeah. Okay, and then they're like, "Okay, I need this, this, and this." Okay, and then they go up to it. You press it. It says cinnamon. You press cinnamon, and so then it combines all of it into one mixture, mm-hmm. and then only thing you have to do is figure out where you need to put it. Ooh. But in terms of mixing, in terms of everything else, it's kind of taken care of. Nice. Okay, I like that. That that can work. What would you do? Ch- ch- challenging the interviewer. <laughs> How dare you? So, at first, I thought the same thing, kind of like you. I was like, or I was like, Braille. Let's, you know, they can just feel it. But then I was like, not everyone can can read that, or you know, or maybe they're gonna have a tough time finding where that where the little bump things are. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how can we improve from there? And then I thought, why don't we just use kind of like what kids do, little metal uh, magnetic metal letters, and they can kind of feel it, you know, the letter S for sugar or something. And then I was like, but salt and sugar have the S, so they can confuse that. That's so. true. That's true. And then I went into kind of more a techie side, and I thought, 
the same thing, the scent. And I was like, okay, but what if they can't smell? So that might not work. And then I kind of incorporated your idea and took it into a more digital side. So this is what I thought. A okay. blind person has a recipe. It could be, you know, in Braille or whatever. They, they just have it. They, there is a machine next to the spice rack where you insert the recipe. And that machine reads the recipe. And then the spice rack gives you the proper amounts of that particular spice into different dispensers. And then that person just takes it and goes and cooks or does whatever it needs to. I think that, I think we've cracked it. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> I, I think it's foolproof. I think there's nothing, nothing that could go wrong in that, that situation. Yeah, I mean, I would want to use that. And I'm not even blind. I want it for myself. <laughs> you know, like, okay, it's like, okay, you know, these are the hardest interview questions. But I was actually asked a question similar to this in a real interview that I had. Oh, okay. It was, if, how would you describe the color yellow? To a blind person. Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that tough? <laughs> that is tough uh, because you can't say it looks like this or, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you can't say, yeah, it has to be on other things. Right. I guess you'd probably have to describe it with an experience. I were, I, well, let me, let me, how did you answer the question when you were asked this? So when I was asked it, I thought, okay, what's yellow? And I was like, okay, well. They can't. So then, in the interview, it was a, it was a online interview, so I got away with this. I closed my eyes, mm -hmm. and I noticed that even when the eyes closed, there was like a yellowish hue coming through my eyelids. Yeah. Now I don't know as a blind person if you can see that, but I imagine you're still sensitive to light to some extent. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's not the best science in the world. <laughs> yeah. But I I said if you look at the sun. That's what the color yellow is. <laughs> so you basically told him to look up and become blind. <laughs> <laughs> no, essentially I was saying like, yeah, it's like a warm feeling. It's like if you look in the sun, it's like that. That's what yellow is. That's how you. That's how. That's how I would describe it. It was. It's bright. It's warm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought about that too. Like, uh, describe it in a terms of a feeling. You know, I was. Because, but it's still pretty. I guess I would. I don't know. Let's I mean, see. yellow. At least you can say like, "Oh, sun." Like you can feel that. But I was like, imagine if she'd asked like, "What's the color?" Describe the color like blue to someone who's blind. <laughs> like I would have no idea, because like there's nothing that. I mean, maybe ice, but I wouldn't even describe that as blue. Yeah, that is, that's a tough question to get at an interview. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I feel like it's those kind of questions that put you in different perspective that kind of changes because like you, you've never really had to think that way. And I guess, you know, I guess they do it so, you, you, you know, they can see, you know, how you how you operate and stuff. Yeah, true. But man, we are we have some tough, tough questions so far. <laughs> we really did. Well, um, jokes on you. They don't get any easier. Oh, are, are you ready for the third one? Yes. Let's see. Let's hear it. If you could be remembered for one sentence, what would it be? Now, this could be, this is from Google. Um, this is an associate account strategist. So anyone applying for that job, that's what they will ask you maybe. Um, but it's, 
it, I, I'm assuming it could mean like a quote or it could be like a sentence to describe you. Mm-hmm. You can take it how any way you'd like, but you have to answer it. Time starts now. Wait, how much time do I have? <laughs> Five seconds. Oh, the blender's gone. Uh, okay. Again, I fail. All right. Well, hmm. I'm just going to say what comes to mind, man. I, I feel like this is what it would be in the interview. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to be... That's the point. Yeah, you, you have no time. I want to say calm, cool, and collected, hard, and smart working man. I love the, your use of commas in that sentence. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, That's really good. That's really good. Now, if it was a quote... What quote would it be? Like if you saying something. Uh, you mean I like I create my own quote of myself? Yeah, or, or something that like, yeah, like you would have something that you quote. Someone say, oh, that's something Chris says. Okay. Um, work smart and hard, suckers. There we go. Okay, wow. I'm going to get that branded. <laughs> you know, actually, I got that because um, I, I, at UNT, you remember how we had the, the 3D printers and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Carmichael. I once uh, printed this vinyl and I put it on my computer and it said, work smart, uh, not hard. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then one day my dad was like, you know, I don't, I don't like that sticker, Chris. And I was like, well, damn, dad. I mean, I thought it was cool. <laughs> and he was like, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. And that's, that's good. But I feel like you should do both, work smart and hard. And from then, like that same day, I was like, you, you don't know what you're talking about, Dad. This is cool. I like it. Don't, don't judge me like that, damn it. But then I went upstairs and I was staring at it on my computer and I was like, damn it, he's right. And so I didn't want to... Damn you, Dad. <laughs> I, like, the parents are always right as usual, God damn it. But then I was staring at it and I was like, I don't feel like reprinting this vinyl thing again, going through that hell. So what I did is just instead instead of just printing it again, I just removed the letter A and the D, and then I just left it work smart, letter N, heart, hard. <laughs> <laughs> work smart and hard. Uh, yeah, man. So I've been trying to live by that motto ever since, and uh, it, it's been working out real well. Wow. You you nailed that question. I really thought that was going to trip you up. <laughs> okay, now let me ask you that same question. You have five seconds. Ready? Go. It may not have worked out all the time, but hey, at least he tried. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I mean, that says something about your character. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's... It, you know, what you see is what you get. And in this case, for the podcast, you get nothing because you can't see me. You can only hear me. <laughs> now, I feel like our two diff- our two answers are different because when I, or at least for me, when I heard yours, I felt uh, humility coming from it. I, I saw that you've, you know, you've experienced failure and you've tried new things and sometimes it hasn't worked, but you still learned from it and grew. Whereas I feel like my response was more like kind of funny and cocky. And I, I, I'm, maybe I got to rethink about it. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm the associate account strategist. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Oh man. It's just interesting to see the, uh, two points of views, I guess. (laughs) Crazy alert, crazy alert, random question, random interview question popped into my head that I remember reading once. Are you ready? Okay. Let's hear it. If you had to be um, a type of salad condiment or topping, what would you be? Condiment or topping. This is a Google interview question. I remember reading it once. 
So are you the tomatoes? Are you the carrots? Are you the ranch? The croutons? Are you the are you boring just the leaves? Who what are you? Tell me. <laughs> okay, this is what I am. I am a topping and I am a crunchy topping. Now, let me tell you why. I'm not going to be as specific. I'm just going to be a crunchy topping. I could be a crouton. I can be a crispy onion. I could be a crispy strip. And here's why. When you have, let's say, uh, like a burger or something, you know, you have your meat, you have the cheese and the avocado. It tastes amazing, right? But the textures are all interwoven into one. It feels like one mushy thing. But when you throw something crispy on it, like a crispy tortilla chip, it's just a whole different flavor. So it's something that you didn't know you needed, but once you had it, it just changed the game. And now you can never go back to how it was. That I would be that, that topping. Wow. Yeah. And it's in your in crisp. <laughs> There's crisp in the name. There you go. There you go. What about you? I feel like I feel like at first I said like kind of like a nuts, nuts like a pecan or like a walnut in the salad. You'd be a nut. I but, mean, I feel like most guys are nuts. <laughs> okay, no. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I feel like I'm a carrot. Hmm. Okay, let me hear why. Um, well, beta carotene in carrots, I think, good for your <laughs> eyes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's ironic because I'm colorblind and I wear glasses and contacts. So I don't, I should have eaten more carrots. Hold on a second. I, I didn't know you were colorblind. The truth comes out. I've taken many tests. It's <laughs> people ask me, they say, you know, can I see green? Yes, I can see green. But um, if I took a colorblind test, for the ones that are meant to trip you up, for colorblind people, I don't see a thing. I, I see colors, but I don't see a pattern. I cannot distinguish patterns ah. from colors. I learned something and apparently, about <laughs> Apparently, there are $300 um, glasses that my girlfriend's trying to get me that is <laughs> essentially going to correct my vision, but I'm almost scared because it's going to be like the Matrix kind of thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, like... I've been living a lie, essentially. <laughs> you can never go back. You'll witness the tortilla chip uh, phenomenon it, that I was talking it, it, about. It, exactly. I'm like, oh my god, I never knew I needed to see that color. <laughs> oh, but like, man. it's so depressing. Like, I take the test, and it's like, what number do you see? And I'm like, I don't see a number. <laughs> and the answer is like 57. And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, and I, I try to look at it. I stare at it. I just don't see it. Wow, I wish I had known this in college. I wouldn't make you take those tests all the time. Do you know how hard it was? So hard. I, I first realized I had it in elementary school because really? you know drawing with colored pencils, and I'd be drawing like a tree, and I'd be drawing it brown, like a dark. I'm drawing it black because I couldn't distinguish dark green from black. Oh, wow! I'm like, wait a sec. That's not. That's not right. <laughs> and the art teacher just gives you this look. And then next F, thing you know, failure. <laughs> next thing you know, she, your parents are in for a conference call, and they're like, "This is what your son drew. Is there something we should know? <laughs> is, is everything okay?" <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, but yeah. So that was my little sad story about me being colorblind. But <laughs> uh, so so there's the irony, is kind of the humor. I feel like I kind of add, you know, sometimes I spice up people's lives. And, you know, but I think carrots are a staple. You need it in your life. Um, I think it's it's healthy, gives a little bit of crunch. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're versatile. You can have them steamed. You can have them crunched. You know, it could be warm salad, cold salad. I mean, carrots, very versatile. Are they cut into shreds, like long little thin things, you know, thin things? Or are they like round round boys, you know? Yeah. Very, very, you know, very fluid. Can do anything, at, you know, kind of multitask. You can. You can. But at the end of the day, it's just a bland vegetable. So, you know, that's, that's what I kind of boiled down <laughs> to at the end of it. Care juice. You can become all kinds of things. Yeah, you can juice me. I'm anything you want me to be. I'm. <laughs> you can mold into a lot of things, man. That's a great answer. And, you know, the listeners of this podcast are the lettuce, and you're the crispy bits, and I'm the carrots, and that's the CNL podcast. <laughs> wow. What very a... symbolic. Very. Now, let me ask you this other question that I got. Okay, I'm ready. Here we go. If you could only choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? Now, I'm hoping this isn't like everyone can hear this song. I mean, it's up to you to decide that. I'd much rather be like, it's in my head, you know? All right, we'll play it. We'll play it that way. Okay. Um. Honestly, I, I would really go with like Moonlight Sonata or like... um. I'm blanking. Just like, like, uh, just like classical music in general. Okay, it's tough to think on the spot, right? I mean, I guess that's the point. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's really a tough question, but I think maybe a genre. I can't I, I can't think of one exactly, but something to calm me down because I think classical music's very good and kind of soothing myself. And you know, sometimes, you know, with stressful situations, I almost kind of wish I had that kind of therapeutic calming noise, and it also doesn't distract me. Because I think vocals, if you're doing something else, like if I walk into the room to do brain surgery and like the John Cena music starts going off, like bam, 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 that song. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. That'll be distracting. But a nice classical music. I mean, brain surgeons, I think, actually listen to classical music because it's calming or something like that. Yeah. But that that would be mine if I had to choose. What about you? I th- I think it's funny how we're we're on the complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Like, um, at least you said like you want classical music to calm you down if you're in a stressful situation. For me, it's the opposite. You know, when I'm like stressed or uh, anxious, like say I got to give a presentation or something, I uh-huh. I need something to get me kind of hyped up, ready to go and like, like get me in the zone, like, uh, like just to pump me up and be ready to kill this thing. So I need, for me, it would be the opposite. I would need... Like something that just like, you know, boom, just hits you right off the bat. And I see. Yeah, yeah. Like a workout song almost. Like something to get you pumped. Yeah, something to get me pumped and get my mind to forget about the things that could possibly go wrong and more of, you know, get me excited and just go and do your best. So, and immediately I I thought of two songs. I'm going to give two. Screw it. It says one. I'm going to give two. Number one, I thought about, now I I might pronounce this wrong. But it's um, it's called "Tub Thumping" by um, the Chum Chumbawamba. <laughs> wow! Oh man, I thought of that song, and I thought about uh, "A Moment Apart" by Odeza because there's a super cool drop on that song, and I love it. And I always get the hype. <laughs> oh yeah, Odeza, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> well, um, thank you for your time. Um, we did say one song though, so we'll keep in touch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you won't expect to hear. Don't expect to hear from us back. Hear back from us short. Any time you won't hear it. So just don't don't get your hopes up. Oh uh, damn it! I should have just chosen a moment apart. <laughs> you should. You should have listened. Should have listened to the rules. I'm a rule breaker. That's how I stand out amongst amongst. You're hired. You 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 didn't you did, you stood your ground. <laughs> uh, I'm really getting to know you, and also it's great prep for anyone who needs to you know. Okay, now this this is this is a tough one. Okay, it's, this is this kind of involves work, so it's kind of like seeing how you operate. Hmm. Would you rather? Ooh, a would you rather question? Okay. Yep. Focus on one thing. And do it a hundred percent well, or you just you knock it out of the ballpark. There's no mistakes. Mm. But you also working on two other things, and you do terribly on those. Mm. Or do you do average across all three, and do roughly seventy percent on those? Okay. Good question. How would you handle it? Uh, I won't think about it because I've experienced this through my work that I do right now. Uh, and I'm going to choose the first option, which is do one thing 100%, and I'll tell you why. So at least in my line of work, real estate, we talk with, we're like, let's say a home is under contract and we got a lot of things going on. We got to talk to the inspectors. We got to arrange, you know, dates. We got to make sure the settlement date is all good, that all the paperwork lines up. So it can get hectic all at once really quick and you can be communicating with five people all at once. I've learned from experience, from mistakes, that it's better to send out this one email, make sure that you have everything that you have that you need before you start sending out three at once. Because once you make one error at the beginning, it's going to haunt you all the way to the end. And you know, you're dealing with thousands of dollars and a lot of things can go wrong. So that's why focus on one thing first, get it right, do it 100% and then move forward, even though multitasking is a you know it's really important at least in my job too but uh but but just mistakes can't happen when you're dealing with other people's belongings and other people's money so that's why mm -hmm. that's so, why i choose one so you you'd rather just make sure it's 100 percent right yeah and you know delay the other things than try to get everything done on time but it's less than perfect yeah i mean i if Okay, if I did a great job or, you know, that's awesome. But if I finished my job and then my boss came back to me and he said, you know, Chris, this is, this is, this is okay, but it's not what I was expecting. You know, I would feel worse about that versus, you know, saying he, he came to me and said, okay, you, you didn't get this done. Uh, you, you can work faster, but you did, do, you did this great. And I, I would be okay with that. I'd be happy with doing something a hundred percent up to my standards so to say that's true yeah no, i definitely see what you're saying i feel like mentally although i'd be doing better than on the other two you know because like uh, compared like doing all three right you for the other two you're doing a better job compared to the other one but i wouldn't want to be known as an average person you know i'd much rather say look i got this 100 percent, and now that that's done i can work on the other two things Exactly. So I take it that you're going to go with the first option too. I'm asking you the question now. <laughs> yes, I think I think that's what I'm going to go with. I feel like that's probably the best. I feel like that's the best one, probably. Yeah. In terms of just like long term things, because then 
theoretically, if you do 100% right, the probability of you getting more errors are going to decrease over time. So you will do better. But if you're doing 70%, then you're doing something wrong every time. And then you're not really learning. Exactly. So in your job, let's say that your boss comes in and he's like, uh, Leighton, I need you to get these TPS reports. And it's like uh, 30 of them. And each of them takes, I don't know, an hour to do. And, and, and what do you do? What do you, wh- how would you handle it? You have this really short deadline. How would you handle it? First, I would reach out to someone, see if they're free so they could help. I mean, I, I really feel like it's, it's, there's, there's like a, a, there's like a fear of asking for help. Yeah. Like reaching out and almost seeing like vulnerable. Cause I mean, ultimately like, you know, you're trying to do your job, but I feel like sometimes like ego and competition get in the way and it's like, Oh, I don't need help. I can do it. You know, they gave me this reason that, you know, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's reaching out for help is honestly, I mean, as long as you're not slacking, I think it shows like a accurate reflection of your ability. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm trying to learn, but you know, I, I know I can't get this all done in time and it'd be a hundred percent. So I'd probably reach out for help first and then just try to get much, get as much as I could done a hundred percent. Um, cause it's happened to me where I've finished it on time, but then I say, look, I've done it. And then they're like, wrong, 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 go back and do it and it, redo it. And it takes longer than if I just taken my time. Yeah, exactly. You got to do double the work essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Man. That was a good question. All of these were good. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I, f- I feel like this has been, I've, I've really, really learned a lot about you. And, you know, I, th- I think, you know, were the questions necessary? This was just an application to walk my dog. <laughs> but I learned so much about you. I could give you a glowing reference. I can too. For any job in the future. Yeah, if you ever want to work in a farmer's market, I mean, you're going to be my go-to guy. If I ever have someone looking or needing an employee, I'll tell them that you're highly qualified with carrots. Wow, thank you. (laughs) I'm honored. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, we want to take this time to give an awesome shout out to some wonderful people who support our our show uh Leighton, you want to give that give that out yes i will read them out and just want to say thank you so much for the support here we go christy doesn't know movies <laughs> thank you for supporting us yes thank brock you. and natalie thank you for supporting us andrew Wishon, thank you for supporting us <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, and, and keep doing your thing too. Thank you very much. And now back to the show. So, you know, usually we do this at the beginning of the show, but uh, we're mixing it up. But you you know what time it is, right, Leighton? Funny news. <laughs> Yes, it is funny news time, and we're back at it again with UPI. Still not a sponsor. Here we go. I'm ready. Title of my story is A Lost Dog Found Six Months Later, 50 Miles from Home. Six months? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. six months, man. So I would have given up at that point. Yeah, you would think. Six months, what is this dog eating? You know, air? <laughs> Berries. <laughs> Berries, yeah. 
So it says, a dog spotted on the loose in Maine was captured and identified as a family pet that went missing six months earlier from a home 50 miles away. Jeez. Is it the same dog? I gotta ask it. <laughs> I, I, I would assume so. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't say. But interview me. I'm the dog owner. Okay. Uh, well, I'm trying to see if there's a name in here. Guess not. We'll just call you Nelly. Nelly. Hi, I'm Nelly. Yep. So... Wait, I, I want to do a, an accent. I'll just yeah, go ahead. Nelly, how how are you today? Hello. Hello. Sorry, <laughs> it's just zoned out. I was just thinking about my dog. It's okay. Um, I just wanted to ask. It's really traumatic. I I haven't seen him in six months. Ah, okay. Yes. Well, um, it was great um, <laughs> seeing the dog. Oh, my God. Um, I tried doing an old person. It didn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was really good. That was really good. It really it really teleported me to the, the scene of the crime. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the, the dog, the, you know, it's great to have my dog back, Fluffers. Um, but there's he's been acting a little strange recently. And I'm beginning to question if he's my own dog. Well, Um Back to Amy in the studio. Thank you. What? But, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this this dog, man, six months, 50 miles away, 50 miles away. I'm trying to think. That would probably be, uh, you know, uh, towards from Raleigh to Wake Forest times two, maybe, like f- there and back. Do you think? Yeah. Gee, I mean, yeah. yeah I think I think that's roughly about it. Yeah. Man, the crazy thing is six months, you know. Hmm. Good for them, though. I'm glad they found it, found the dog. Yeah, I'm glad they found the little little guy. It's uh, I wish they said what kind of dog it is. It, lo- it looks like a golden retriever from the picture, but yeah. He's still fluffy. I, yeah, I feel, I feel like bigger dogs can, you know, they can live a little longer. Like, like they can, like, do better outside, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I hear you. Are you ready for my story? My story is, it's strange. Dun, da, da, da. It's strange, funny, but also kind of scary. Are you ready? Hmm. All right. I guess so. Let's okay. hear it. Mom of three was trapped under her bed during a terrifying and gruesome ordeal that lasted 13 hours. 13 hours? Okay. Oh, two questions. 13 hours? And what was this ordeal that happened? No, she wasn't sleeping on the bed. Um, yeah. On- the bed, from my understanding, it's like a... It's like a um, like a fold-up bed. Oh. Very low to the ground, but you fold it up. It's like a couch bed or something. Right, like a futon scenario thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like really heavy, and it's low to the ground. Yeah, okay. Um. So she dropped her MP3 player. <laughs> her My question is... iPod, was, it, I mean, was it an iPod Nano? That's the question. I mean, this is 2020. I don't know if we use the word MP3 player anymore. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Was it a, a Walkman or something? <laughs> is it uh, this see I'm, I'm already having questions but she dropped it and then she so she, she it's underneath the bed so she's lifting up the heavy bed mm-hmm. but she somehow loses grip and the bed lands on her and crushes her oh dang but it's like pinned her arm down oh so she can't move she's pinned underneath this heavy ass mattress is on top of her yeah and and, and she can't she can't move it and she's stuck Oh, okay. So she retreats. And it lasted 
to 13 sc- hours. 13 hours. I wonder how many of those 13 hours she was screaming. She said she feared she would die and she felt her arm slowly exploding because the weight was so heavy. Oh my goodness. Now, there's a photo and her arm looks terrible. It's like like very bruised. Oh, after. And she had to spend two weeks in the hospital. Oh man. Does it, from the picture, are you able to tell where or how her arm was pinned underneath the bed? No, I, I can't really see it. It just says it was trapped under the bed. So I imagine it just kind of fell on her or something. Gosh, man. That's that's terrible. But, no, 13 hours is a long time. Yeah. But uh, I personally think, and I'll tell you why, I think she kind of overreacted hmm. during this point. Okay, are you ready? Okay, well, uh, during this point of like after the fact or during? Well, she was there for 13 hours. Yeah. Um, And I think some of the stuff she did during the 13 hours was a bit... Um, a bit of an overreaction. Okay, here's one. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so she was thirsty <laughs> when, while she was underneath there. Don't wait. And like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's like, oh man, I'm feeling so thirsty. Yeah. But what she ended up doing was <laughs> she made her puke, her made herself puke to make her mouth moist, have moisture in it. What? That that doesn't make any. I mean, okay, maybe she moistened up her her oral cavity, but ugh, gosh. Here's the quote: Um, I had to keep making myself sick to keep moisture in my mouth as a way to survive. <laughs> now, I mean, no. Oh if your arm's in a lot of gosh. pain, I understand that. But out of all the issues, is thirst being is that really going to kill you? I mean, you can last for months or like a couple of weeks without drinking anything. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what. But anyway. this is the kicker. The 13 hours. Yeah. I must have vomited about 40 times. 40 times. Is that even possible? That's, that's a Guinness World Record. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't understand it. And then she said um, she tried yelling for help, but she lived next to a blind uh, deaf man <laughs> and he couldn't help her. I, I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't laugh at that, but... <laughs> I was just like, she lives next to a, a death guy. Oh, okay. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> help, help. Oh, man. I mean, so I guess she lived alone then. <laughs> no, no, her husband. She lives with her husband. Oh, and what was... But he, ha- he had a night shift, and he didn't come back until 13 hours later. Oh. Hmm. Man. It also says here that she soiled herself because she couldn't wait. Oh my gosh, come on now. No, I think, no, her arm was really bad, and there was a severe chance she would lose function of the arm. Yeah. But did you have to puke 40 times? Or number two on yourself? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh my god, I'm freaking out. Might as well just, you know, make a bigger mess. I mean, really? (laughs) Oh man. I just thought it was such a weird story. Yeah, like, I I would understand the puking and the you know, doing a number two in yourself. If you were in a scenario, have you seen that movie? Uh, what what's it called? Forty seven hours or something? Where, yeah, 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 yeah. Where the guy's uh, stuck in a cave or in that trench, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He had like cut his arm out. Spoilers. Yeah, spoiler. Man, that was a good <laughs> film, man. That was a good film. Intense. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Like, if you're in that scenario, I mean, props to him for filming the whole thing. That was awesome. But yeah, go ahead and puke and go ahead and take a doo doo right there. But. 13 hours in your home with AC. I mean, sure, your arm is messed up, but come on, come on. Yeah, what I don't like is how it says, like, in the article that she had to 
Claire kept making herself sick as a way to survive. I mean, if anything, that would make you less likely to survive. <laughs> yeah, usually you hear... Just lick your lips. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, that, that works for me. I don't have to puke a metric shit ton 40 times. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, more of the story. Um, puke if you're thirsty um, and avoid beds at all costs. And I mean... And wear I mean, a diaper. you sleep like 12 hours and I don't have to go to the bathroom, you know, like it's just like, you know, it's just, but she's stuck under there for 13 hours and she's just freaking out and puking and all this stuff. Yeah. Bizarre. Well, she survived. So, you know, best of luck to her and hopefully she gets rid of that mattress. Yeah. She, she said, um, I'm sorry, that reminded me, there was a quote at the end of it. So <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> the, the husband, I think, I mean, let's see. Uh, when I was in the hospital, Franco took a sledgehammer to it. <laughs> to the bed? There's no way we'll be using one of them again. We'll have to find somewhere else to keep our Christmas decorations. So they keep their Christmas decorations under the bed, I guess? <laughs> oh, man, this family. Uh, did it, does it say where they're from, by any chance? Um, It's from Mirror, which is a UK site. Um, Oh, Gr- Chesterfield, wherever that is. We'll go with Wisconsin, somewhere in Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. <laughs> oh man, what a story! That that that's probably been one of your best ones you've shared. I got to be honest. Thank you. I, I, I was like, this is so strange. I think uh, this mirrorless website. I might have to check that out. UPI is uh, it's kind of dry. They failed the interview. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're coming to the end of the show. Do you have uh, any recommendations for our amazing listeners out there? Um, my recommendation is if you're listening to us, um, please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We have four, four amazing people have left us a review. It's not us, we swear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just spread the news. You know, if you like it, say something. Leave a comment. Like and subscribe. Do everything you got to do. That's my, that's my recommendation. What about you, Chris? That's a great one. Adding on to that too, this won't be my rank, but adding on to that is follow us on Instagram and Twitter. CNL podcast. Follow us there. We always post when our shows come out and we 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 love to follow you back. But for my recommendation, yep. I'm going to do another film. I'm trying to uh work the audience out here. I know you guys have plenty of time, I'm hoping, on your hands, but I'm gonna recommend this movie that should be on Netflix. And many of you probably have seen it. you might have seen it late in, and if you haven't, this is the best recommendation I might give you. It's called The Pursuit of Happiness by with Will Smith. And his son. Oh, that is such a good film. Great recommendation. That film, I hold it so dear to my heart because, uh, I mean, I haven't gone through that in particular, but the struggles that my family and my parents have gone, uh, it, it, I, I can relate to Will Smith in that whole film because, man, when the struggle is real, the best thing you can do is just you know, keep your head up and work hard. And it's an amazing movie. I, I, I'm not even going to describe it. I'm just going to say it's amazing and you have to check it out. 10 out of 10, it's amazing. It'll make you cry. It'll make you feel humble. It'll make you just want to, you know, be grateful for what you got. So it's Pursuit of Happiness well, on what, Netflix. Check it out. What a stunning review. And like we said earlier, we have a stunning review for us. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't hurt. Oh, man. Anyway, I've been Chris. And I've been Leighton. Yeah. And we'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya.